This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gills, Gilbert, right here in the Cats and Dogs studio. And we have a new soundboard. There's no background hum. It is a miracle. Zach, it's a miracle. A Christmas miracle? Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. Gills, do you believe in miracles? I do. Okay. Well, you've got a job with me. That's pretty close. <laughs> uh, we're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They will make your holiday wishes come true if they involve party needs. And whose holidays wishes, whose holiday, you know what I'm saying, doesn't involve a little booze and a little party paraphernalia, such as mix and cups. I think they have cups and all that good stuff. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor, it's right up the street from me. You take one left turn, one right turn at the Bad Taco Place, my apologies to the bell, and then turn into their parking lot. That's how close they are. Well, there's a couple more turns in there. I lied. But Michael left, Bishop. Right, left, right, left. Michael Bishop could Sit down. probably hit it on the fly with the ball. I don't, that's also a lie. Anyhow, go to the fridge whenever you're in town. Um, I don't know when the next home game is. Is it Chico State? After Why the do you br- keep saying Chico? Chicago State. Is it Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Chico State is a Division II baseball powerhouse. That's why I know them. It's where Salih Ingles played baseball. <laughs> Chico, Chico, Chico State. Maybe it was uh, abbreviated on something. Chicago I noticed State. you did that on the Insiders yesterday. I thought you were just being funny. Uh, no, I'm not. He was being dead serious. You're clueless is what you are. I I am serious. My just, I just um, ill informed. Just ill informed. I just make stuff up. This is so weird not to have a hum in our ears. This might be a weird podcast. And I actually, we're kind of using part of the old setup because I have a thousand cords, but not the one I need uh, to run it into my computer properly. So we're. We're doing something and all the balances are weird. Let's just move on. Nobody gives a crap about that. They want your questions from Wabash Station. Ryan Gilbert, take it away. From AWINT25, what are the chances that Avery Johnson changes his mind and enters the transfer portal if he's not happy with Connor Riley and the direction of the program after the bowl game? Zero. Zero. Folks, quit worrying about this one. I mean, seriously, don't worry about Avery now, I mean, maybe into the future. I look the way these schools are operating. 
if Avery's as good as we expect, we hope. That's that's yeah. a better word. We hope. And he puts up the kind of numbers in his sophomore season that we think he's capable of. The kind of explosive playmaking. It's not going to surprise me if an SEC school reaches out with a $5 million a year NIL. It's gotten to that point of absurdity in college sports. At that point, I don't know how a family says no, uh, but this is Avery's decision. The Johnsons have made that clear. This is Avery's decision to make. And I'm not saying he'd turn down $5 million. I, I, I don't know. But he is so rock solid on K-State. It's not just about playing on a big stage and making a lot of money. He can do that at the next level. There's something that has really clicked with him about the K-State community and the opportunity to literally build a major college football program around him. This is a really mature, steady, level-headed kid. And a lot of the flash out there uh, isn't going to necessarily grab his attention. I'm not going to say $5 million wouldn't, because let's be honest, Ryan Gilbert would be the host of the KU podcast, <sighs> the Cleveland Browns podcast, and Why? the Al-Qaeda podcast if you give him $5 million. Why do you do this to me? I, I didn't mean that's one Why? podcast. I meant uh, all separate podcasts. That'd be a really eclectic. $5 million per? No, just put together. Okay. I'm assuming... Uh, one of them would give you like three million, and that'd be your main job. And your side gigs would be uh, one million each. Let's be honest; it's probably Al Qaeda that give you that. Is that is that still an actual thing? Um, uh, yeah, he, he would he would turn against his country for a million dollars. I'm telling you, folks. So no, quit worrying about Avery. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for jeez, uh, I lost my. You threw me off. What are you reading now? Uh, Fitz no, is just so funny. I thought you were going to no. from. I, I was about to read a question. I'm trying to read the question here. Uh, if Connor Riley has a bad bowl game, I don't think Avery Johnson is going to be the one that's upset. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I think this is Connor Riley's. If if Connor Riley, if Avery Johnson has a good bowl game, that means Connor Riley had a bowl, good bowl game. That means Connor Riley's going to stay here. They're going to have more good football games. If Connor Riley has a bad game, that probably means Avery had a bad game. Nobody's going to be happy with how the game went, and Connor Riley's going to be the scapegoat, and they're going to replace him with someone who's going to be. All right. Potentially make Avery happy. So there's a I'm reason not worried about this. why Chris Kleiman hasn't hired his quarterbacks coach. Because does he need a quarterbacks coach or does he need an offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach or a co-offensive coordinator? It, it changes because if you only need a quarterbacks coach and that's all you want, you're not going to get the guys that have been coordinators or want to be a coordinator. You have to give them something to get them here. Uh, so, yeah, this is Connor Riley's opportunity to call plays. He's going to be one of the offensive coordinator, whether it's multiple or simply one. He will be part of that. Uh, but will someone come in to be the quarterback's coach and call plays while Connor Riley has the title and assists him in a game prep? But as Chris Kleiman says, all the coaches – function that way there's no one sitting there and saying we're going to do this this and this all the coaches get together and decide on the game plan so he's had an input in what they've been doing he will continue whether he's calling the plays or not 
from Add to Cart Cat. I don't know if I've seen that name before. You have. have. Okay. You have. Just don't remember it. I'm so dumb. Name two players on offense and two players on defense that saw little playing time during the regular season that will get significant playing time in the bowl game. This is good. I'm going to go with uh, Dre Spivey, that receiver. Mm, since the line's coming back, that takes about half the positions. Mm, I, I, do I want to be lazy and just say the tight ends will be much more active? Or a third tight end might hop into the mix. Can I be lazier and say Avery Johnson? <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, defensively, mm, I would say one of the young DNs will, will be in the rotation, yeah. certainly. Um uh, you know, you kind of pick who you think. Um, Austin Moore was asked something along these lines on Friday when we talked to players, and he mentioned Jack Fabris as a guy that people should be looking out for. So okay. that's, that's one. That's a safety. Yeah. They're not as upset about uh, the function of the departure of Kobe Savage, of the actual player on the field. And that's not an insult to him. He's an outstanding player. They feel like they've got some young guys or can find someone in the portal to replicate what he was last season. He's not the same player after the knee injury. Um, still an outstanding player. Their problem is he's such a good leader. And and losing that veteran voice that people trusted was a real shock to the system. He's, he's probably, guys, the one that stings the most out of all the transfers. Not Will Howard, the starting quarterback, not... Not Will Lee, uh, who the mascot was apparently named after, and and uh, a starting corner. He's he's down the list. They're not worried about that. Nate Matlack is up there, but yeah, Scoby Savage yeah. is the one that stings. So yeah, I, I would go with that too. Kleiman wouldn't say who is going to back up DJ Giddens now, but Joe Jackson might be the best guess. So he's not going to be the bona fide starter, but get 40 percent of the snaps. Why not? I was so confused yesterday with the transfer portal stuff when there was a guy named the same thing as a running back that K-State recruited. And I'm like, I didn't even know he was in the portal. They're getting another running back? It was very confusing. I can't remember the guys. I'm just, I, I have no brain left. It's like a potato right up there. It probably is lovely with some sour cream and Travis vibes. Bates. Travis Bates, thank you. Yeah, I think running back and tight end are probably going to be the most interesting positions to see guys that we haven't really seen much play this year. I agree. I agree. Uh, and we might see some young offensive linemen. If if the game gets out of hand either direction, they might Correct. Yeah. They might just – look, if they get way behind, they might say, the heck with it, let's just let the guys play. They're going to lose, let's go let the guys play. I don't know how they'll approach this, but I'm intrigued. Do you think they pull Avery if it gets out of hand? Yeah, they might want to give Knuth um, a little bit. Knuth a little playing time. Yeah, I mean he's probably going to be the backup next year. I would think. We'll see. They might get. They might put him out there anyhow. They might do some stuff. Who knows? Connor Riley's on addition here. He might have some fun with this stuff. We'll see. And what's interesting about that is this is a kid that's never played. They will have to identify him by his number coming onto the field, and maybe he lines up at wide receiver or something, and it just doesn't register with him because he will have zero film. Maybe they won't even know it's Avery because he wore number five, and he's going to wear number two, and they're like, who is that? <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be surprised at all. See something like that? 
No, just if the number changes, just oh. screwed everybody up, at least for a second. Like, they didn't realize, hey, number change. We've watched number five play all year. Who's this number two? Oh, that is number five. Just piecing that together yeah. might take a second. I'm oh. staring at you. Okay. I'm That's just, my cue. <laughs> I'm staring at you. From Bill Snyder, Clients Dale. Still staring at you. I'm going to ask the question now, okay? Okay. I hate to ask, but I heard Colin Klein made some pretty high demands for K-State to keep him here and then headed for Texas A&M. Is that true? Because it's hard for me to see Colin not being very straight up with Chris Kleiman and K-State that he's needing a career career change slash resume builder. I haven't heard that. I, I would imagine the, quote, high demands would be, can you match this? We never have heard exactly what Colin's getting paid, but it was rumored to be doubling his salary. And the answer is no. I mean, could they? Yes, but at an expense. You know, K-State, with an extra million dollars in salary, could hire about four more, like, analysts, recruiting assistants, give everyone else a nice raise across the board. I mean, you could do a lot of money with do a lot of things with that kind of money, and I just don't see K State doing that. I, I don't think that their uh, their their budget is tight. This is the biggest budget in the athletic department, but they have needs that are going unmet right now, as we sit here. So making that kind of um, push into keeping one coach, and plus you have to look at it almost like the the NIL in your locker room. Well, if you start paying Colin one point six. I mean, Joe Klanerman's pretty laid back, but he's going to be going, what? You know, Connor Riley's at a third of that. He's going to go, what? Uh, So it kind of throws everything out of whack. Yeah. K-State. Whoa. Why are you bleeding? How did you just start bleeding? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Is it coming out of my nose or my chin? It's on your chin. (laughs) I was like, something is wet on me. People wonder why Gills listens to me. Sometimes he doesn't. I have no idea. I don't have any pimples or anything. Nothing. You don't. There's just blood coming out of his chin. And and you're not old enough to shave yet. (laughs) It's that time of the month. See, with Colin, you saw what happened last year. You know that that was going to become a yearly or twice a year type of thing. Hey, a top 20 offensive coordinator job. Forgive me for thinking Texas A&M is a top 20 coordinator job, but with the money that Texas A&M boosters have, it is. It is a a top 20 job, and if you're if they're throwing around money, you can't exactly say no. And if you present that offer to Kleiman or Gene and saying, hey, this is what another school wants to pay me, K-State just isn't in the position to do that. It's yeah. it's just the reality. K-State is a money ball type of athletic department. And that's not a diss. That's not a put down. It's, it, it is what it is. K-State needs to spend their money in their athletic department smartly compared to a lot of and and give credit to gene for running a very 
um, fiscally healthy right. department and taking good care of the outlook, especially in, you know, over the last 24 months of, of college football realignment and just, you didn't know where K-State was necessarily going to be. You didn't know what the TV contracts were going to be. You didn't know two years ago that the Pac-12 was going to completely unravel in the way that it did. You know, there's been a sh- K-State, you know, Gene has, has steadied the ship through these rough waters. And now we see these calmer waters. You see that K-State's made it. They're safe. Maybe in the next couple of years, you can start paying your assistant football coaches more, competing, you know, a little better. But Joe Klanerman and Colin Klein are right around the hundred, you know, the hundredth highest paid coach in the country. You know, they're both equal at, I think it was eight twenty five, eight hundred twenty five thousand dollars I think Connor Riley was at 600000 And those are your three top, coaches but you're you're not even cracking the top 100 assistant coaches and you know K-State sees you know the success they had they went 8 and 4 this year they went you know 10 and 4 last year you know there's good value there and is paying your assistant coaches your coordinators more money is it worth is the juice right. worth the squeeze and i don't know if it is wow i like that <clears throat> you yeah, it's yeah. not worth the squeeze. I, I, I get that. As a guy who likes to put a little, little lemon in the drink. A little lime in the Pacifico. A little lime in the Pacifico, a little lemon in the Citron. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, there's just some realities here. Kansas State in the current environment is not going to match the dollars of an Alabama or even an A&M. We've seen it happen with Michigan State. That's that's where you get it when when a school gets it wrong. They spent so much money and they got it wrong. Would you rather spend a bunch of money and get it wrong or spend what K-State spends right now, they get it right, and then you lose some guys every once in a while? I mean, it's just it's the reality. And Connor Riley, whether you like it or not, was going to leave at some point. If he doesn't get this job, you know, he's probably here for another year as the offensive line coach, but he'll probably go take an offensive line coach, get a raise somewhere else, take a coordinator job somewhere else and get more money. I mean, it's just the reality here. Somebody was going to leave. There just isn't enough available spots and there's talented coaches on this staff. Right. So, you know, you can look at it. Yes, you lost Colin, but you kept Connor Riley, at least for now. But if you kept calling, you're probably losing Connor Riley at some point. So, you know, you got to recognize the job progression of a lot of these guys. They're ready for bigger jobs and and bigger challenges, and they're going to take them. It's just the reality. It is. It really is. So, hey, uh, are you ready to do your job properly, or do I have to make (laughs) you bleed some more? (laughs) Fitz whipped me. (laughs) Caused me to bleed. Um, I think I am going to go take that overseas job at that terrorist organization unless you give me unless you double my salary then i'll stay here fits it's been good we've had a good run from a hot dog cat chip kelly made a good cause for the future of college football and athletics overall how would you uh how would you all rework college athletics in the future if given the opportunity okay I, i said this on one of the radio shows i've always been opposed to the soccer model I don't. I never understood how people thought it would work. Relegation, you know, and promotion. I look. You're in a conference with someone. 
how would you not be playing at the same level? It, it never made sense to me. But what Chip Kelly said makes sense. It makes great sense in the fact that, okay, there's no more conferences for college football. You're simply in this organization. You're in you're in a scheduling block, shall I say, pod, with other teams in this 64-team level. These are your eight main schools you'll play, and you'll play three others from, you know, other places. You'll have two other games you can schedule. So relegation wouldn't Im- impact the conference at all. The conference doesn't handle football anymore. The conference does all the contracts for basketball and everything else. I see it now. Here's my question, though. What happens to the TV contracts? Most of the TV contracts are currently money. And here's why it'll fail. Because if you're going to one block of 64 schools in that upper division, how are they getting paid? Would Kansas State or Purdue get the same as Alabama? Would Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, who else do I want to pick? Texas, USC, Notre Dame. Not Florida State. Would would they want those are the big big attractions for TV rankings? Could they possibly ever approve something where all these other little guys in their minds are getting paid the same? Would making the playoff earn you a payout? Would winning the championship earn you a payout? And everyone else is kind of like on a base. But here's why it might work: is does that base then rise for schools not currently in? The Big Ten and SEC, they'll vote yes. But if it lowers for those schools, they'll vote no. See what I'm saying? If they're getting $50 million, $50 million a year for their rights, but now in the football thing, they're only going to get 35 because you've got all these other new schools, and maybe your conference's basketball rights won't close that gap. I see a lot of no votes. I have a, I like the idea. I don't think there, this idea will ever get enough votes. If there's 64 seats at the table, you can find 64 schools that are going to want a seat because right now there's more than 64 power four schools, you know, 20 plus 16 plus 16 plus 15. That's a lot of schools. And I'll say the Big 12 added four non-Power 5 schools when they last expanded. They, they increased the, the, the pool of power schools right now. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of schools that would say no. Boston College, is there any benefit for Boston College or Syracuse? Maybe Syracuse, but you get my point. There are some schools that are in power conferences right now that it probably would not benefit them, at least from a competition standpoint and a fan support standpoint. And also NIL. And NIL to play in the 64-team power football league, whatever you want to call it. But I, I, to your point, I think that you make a floor for everybody and then you know everybody gets a minim, minimum and then you have a merit-based pool of money. And you go one through 64 – 
you know maybe you make it you know it's probably like a like a pga tournament you give the champion the most money they take half the purse or what maybe not half the purse but you get the point they they take a lot of the purse and then you just go down the the list and they make millions and millions and then you know then you get one million or whatever it is i i think going with this and i don't see how the schools would volunteer for this and want to do this from a fiscal standpoint because they're freeloading in many ways there there needs to be the equivalent of the ivy league at the this level stanford cal northwestern vanderbilt tulane um you can throw others in there duke if you if academics is that important to you, and I, I'd love this to be put on the table. If academics is that important to you, here, these eight schools, these 12 schools, however it works out, you thump your chest about academics. Here's your conference. Go play. Go go play. But they won't because at the end of the day, well, we want the money too. So, um, yeah, I love the idea. I just don't think it'll be, ever be approved. Gills, you got any thoughts over there? Or are you going to keep leading? Two words. Yeah. I disagree. Agree. Oh. 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 Well, that's too bad. I, th- I think it would be fun, though. If if football went completely independent from a scheduling standpoint right. and just, you know, you play 12 games a year, you know, whatever whatever the minimum is for, you know, you'll play a 12-game season. If you need to play 10 opponents in the 64 you know, or whatever the requirement is, you know, you just have an open table of standings. Whoever finishes in the top 12 or 16, however you want to do it, that's your playoffs. Easy. And I think the, whatever oversees the 64 team league um, or conference, what would it be like collection um, probably needs to oversee the next step down too. And because we're talking about right now, having two, subdivisions of division one fcs which is north dakota state south dakota state montana state those are the ones that keep winning the damn thing and those schools that also are in the ncaa tournament because they're division one and then of course um you know the schools that play football at a higher level more financial investment more scholarships and you know we're still talking about schools like troy and fresno state that um, aren't in a power conference. So that collection of schools, um, does the North Dakota states and South Dakota states move up to be in the middle with the possibility um, as their program builds of being able to move up? I don't know. It'll be very interesting, but uh, I I would love to see it. One of the things I loved about his um, idea was there's no more scheduling. The athletic departments don't have to, like the NFL, nobody in the NFL is trying to schedule games except for the NFL office. This would literally be, okay, we've grouped you into these four schools are together, eight schools are together, however they want to set up. You're going to play them. Everyone's going to play each other in that grouping. And now we're assigning you three opponents from other places. And, oh, yeah, we're going to assign you the two opponents from the lower division in your non-conference schedule. There wouldn't really be non-division schedule, yeah. subdivision schedule. And and then those schools still have an opportunity to get paid for coming into stadiums. They still have an opportunity to prove themselves against this competition. And, you know, they they could move up. Now, there's be other standards there. North Dakota State's stadium isn't big enough. They'd have to address that probably. There'll be other criteria here, criteria here that will impact things like, can you make the minimum payment of NIL? That's going to eliminate a lot of schools. In fact, 
If they set it high enough, they might struggle to get 64. I mean, if they set it at six million a year, yeah, okay. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get 70, 80. They want to do it. You said at 10 million, 15 million. That's how they're going to weed this out. You have to have a $15 million base NIL slash payment system to your athletes a year. See, I think if it comes down to this, where you group everybody together, you have 64 teams. I don't think there should be an NIL floor. There needs to be an NIL ceiling. I think that you need. The courts won't do that. The courts won't allow that. I mean, essentially, you've got to professionalize and you have to collectively bargain. You got to have a players' union, and you got to have a salary cap. What if you Kelly, want? If you want fair competition between the schools, what Chip Kelly didn't say, and I think we all realize, you'll still have an FCS and FBS, and the upper division will be semi-professional football. And you, as an institution, including Kansas State, need to sit there and think: Do we really want to do this? Do we want to be involved in? professional football even if it's quote semi because let's be honest if nil's out there willing to pay a quarterback a million two million for a season you're not even semi uh, and now once you start stabilizing the the bottom line every player in your roster has to get to 100k you know you're semi-professional football if you're not just flat out professional i mean a lot you, of troubling things here. yeah you end a lot of things you end on you end walk-ons you probably have a strict player roster of probably not even 85 scholarship players. You probably have 65, 70 scholarship players. I think it goes the other direction. I think you just go to 100 or something. Really? I think there'd but be a we, lot more cost limiting. Well, but I think, you can't I think, bring in players midseason like the NFL if you have a rash of injuries or so. Least, yeah. <laughs> and you want to still redshirt freshmen if that's even a thing anymore? I don't know. There's a lot I think of moving you parts. Can, you can draw, you can redraw a lot of the rules if you basically have everybody go independent. My concern is they're going to go higher scholarship limits and start stockpiling all the talent and impacting the lower levels in that way. But it's going to get ugly. I mean, when you get look at the girls, look at the transfer portal right now. How many players go into the portal and just disappear? We don't know where they end up. Maybe they end up at Division Two or lower, and NIA, and we don't even know they're playing, and then the portal never marked them. Imagine going into the portal if you're in this semi-pro league and you don't get a single offer. I mean, this is going to be impactful. Hey, I'm good enough to get 200000 in another school, and you end up back in the FBS where you're not. You're you're not worth it. You're not getting that kind of money. We'll see. Do you have more questions in this half? Or is that it? That was it? That's it for the first half? You mean that the first half's over? You've stopped bleeding. I stopped talking. Zach's stomach didn't rumble. We're going to take a break and let all this happen. We'll be right back on the Powercat Questions podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. 
No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert in the Cats and Dogs studio. Daphne's circling, circling, and she's down to lay down. It's time to begin. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you check out The Fridge every time you're in town. Uh, They're just not our sponsor. I truly believe in this business. Quality people, quality service, great selection. Um, I... I mean, I enjoy every trip I go in there, um, which sometimes doesn't involve buying anything. Sometimes I just am driving by and I pop in to say hi to everyone because these are really good people. Do business with the fridge. I do. Um, uh, Zach doesn't really drink that much, but I'm sure he drinks a lot of stuff from the fridge, but at other places. And Ryan Gilbert, I don't care about him. <laughs> On with the questions of uh, from Wabash Station. These are our subscribers. And if you're not subscribing, you can do that right now. 60% off. It's uh, kind of the, the offensive coordinator search special. Uh, but I think we're going to have to end it before there's one actually signed. Uh, because I think we're probably going to end it right after the bowl game. So go take care of that. If you're not subscribing to our YouTube channel, get on over and do that. Also, a lot of fun stuff going on over there. If you've never really kind of plugged into the YouTube environment, it's great programming. You can find some really cool stuff on YouTube. And uh, we're doing live stuff. We're doing a lot of recorded stuff. Uh, Most of our podcasts now are appearing over there, except for this and part of the stuff I've been working on here in the studio with a new board and, and getting things set up. I'm preparing to have... All of our podcasts be broadcast on YouTube, probably not live because I need the edit button. Right, Zach? Yes, you do. Okay. On with the questions of Wild Bass Station and Zach's going to take over. From Bill Snyder Kleinsdale, is Nebraska that good or did we just fall on our face and have that one really ugly game for the year? Uh, What happened to the rule? Can you ask one football, one basketball? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. That's been the rule. Okay. We didn't have very many questions this week either, so I I actually had to use questions from each person. Gills, I'll let you roll with this. Is Nebraska legit, or was K-State just extra stinky? So, Jerome Tang mentioned how there's four games a year where it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to lose because they just had that type of game. He also said there's four games a year that doesn't matter how you play, you know, K-State, you're going to lose – just having an off night. And so I think that's true for Kansas state. The ball wasn't going through the net. There seemed to be a lid on the basket, but as for Nebraska, that was not a dominant performance by any means. You could have easily beaten that team by playing a a C plus or a B minus game. And obviously they didn't, I'm not going to hit the panic button um, on this team just yet. It was just one bad loss. Now, if this happens again against Wichita state, sure. But, you know, I think there is some truth to what Tang said. You're going to just have one of those nights, and and Tyler Perry put it best. 
it's better to have this happen now in the middle of December than to have it happen in March. And so you get this one out of your system. And, you know, Tang mentioned how Arthur Kaluma, you know, all these guys, Perry, Carter, took a bunch of shots. They were good looks in his mind. They just didn't go in. And so that's who you want taking those shots if you're Tang. Um, they said they'd be back in the gym getting shots up. So it was just one of those nights. I do believe that. Now, I think it could have been the effort could have maybe been a little bit better here and there. And all that stuff. I think that Nebraska was maybe more locked in <clears throat> and, you know, give, give Hoiberg, Hoiberg a lot of credit. You know, he played, uh, his team played very well. Some of the schematics that they did. I know the coaches talked after the game about just the, the switches on the ball screens. You, you look at the beginning of that game and Nebraska hit a couple of three pointers and then K-State decided, you know, to switch everything and that took that away and then after halftime the Huskers just wouldn't attack the interior when K-State was doing that and K-State didn't have the adjustments so give give Nebraska credit but by by no means did they play it a game of basketball that was unbeatable I agree I think Nebraska can be good I don't think Nebraska played that well this could be Nebraska's year to win an NCAA tournament game they got to make the tournament first Man, you're getting crazy on this podcast <laughs> do we need to do we need like the Sound effects to bleep him out. Just right, right on the fly, just bleep him out. If he's going to say stuff like this, we can't have. What is going on? Are you okay over there? Are you are you having problems with the headphones now? You wear. I had them in reverse. Okay, it doesn't matter though. Does well, it? they kept sliding. They, they oh, kept sliding, sliding off sliding. the back of my head. Jeez. God dang, man! I'm a mess today. You are a mess. Uh, look, I I was impressed with some of the pieces Nebraska has, and I've always liked Fred Hoiberg as a coach. Um, I absolutely hate their point guard. He's from Japan, right? <laughs> that guy. Oh my Tom god! Naga. Oh my gosh! What a horrible player! I just, he, I just watching him drives me crazy. Just oh my gosh! But yeah, I think they're pretty. They're potentially a pretty good team. But I guess the answer to your question is it's both. I think they're okay. I don't even think they were that good that night. That's how incredibly bad K State was. They, but here's what won the game, and here's what Tang was upset with. It wasn't the shooting that decided the game. It was the effort things like rebounding and defense. Sometimes the shots don't go in. Go get the damn ball and put it in again. That's what Nebraska did. They beat K-State to death on the offensive boards and kept possessions alive. And eventually they just demoralized K-State because they were asserting themselves and playing harder. That's the worst part of the game, not the fact that they shot so incredibly poorly and scored 12 points and missed all 12 three-pointers in the second half. They just didn't work hard enough for it. So this was something I outlined in my analysis piece after the game with David Gasson and his struggles offensively. I get it, and I think that he needs to stop trying to create his own points, bluntly put. He's not good at scoring right now, but you mentioned the rebounding fits. Kansas State, I think it was 57 to 40. I'd have to pull up the stat sheet, but K-State got out-rebounded badly in this game. And that would have been a hell of a lot worse if Kassan was not on the court. And so I get it. You don't want to see him out there because of his lack of scoring. I, I truly do get that. I think Tang needs to stop asking him to score. But his rebounding is invaluable. And he does a lot of other things. they got to fix his free throws. I mean, come on. This is now just all mental. You think Tang was lying? He said he made 300 free throws in practice before that game. Then it's absolutely mental. He shot. 
nine hundred, maybe. <laughs> right, and no, over like, under a thousand shots. Like <laughs> the question becomes, and I want to give a shout out to whoever was on Wabash Station who disagreed with my player of the game and my quick analysis of the game, because I just I really struggled, and I got too focused on points and and picked Cam Carter because he hit some key shots, but it was Michaela Bridge, mm-hmm. seven I points. Saying, yeah. I think he said they had nine rebounds. He flirted with the double doubles quietly. So we get to the this point. Um, did they need to play him more? And I, I tweeted something out about this Gasson argument, and people were saying, Michaela Bridge, Michaela Bridge. Didn't give you the link to there, defend. There could be some truth to that, but he's still very raw as a freshman. I mean, you if you put Michaela Bridge on the floor, you have to keep Gasson or McNair on the floor to defend the post. You just don't have enough size there to defend the post. Yeah, offensively, you're fine. You can score with that those five, but defensively, you're going to get beat on the boards. All right. It was not pretty. From A went 25, after a poor shooting performance against Nebraska, what is your realistic expectation for the rest of the season? Well, I'm not going to judge this team on that performance. Um, I'm disturbed by that performance, but can I want to see them Thursday night. Different court, different opponent, still better than this opponent. How do you react? Was that just a horrific shooting night? And the great confusion here is the disconnect between what Jerome Tang sees in practice and what happens on the floor. He was preaching this was a great shooting team. They had to adjust some of the measurements of shooting and drills because they were so good. And then we go to the games and we see, I would never consider this team at any point this year to be a, quote, great shooting team. They've been better in some games. They've been pretty good in some games, but never great. So... Uh, maybe it's there, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to see more, and I probably need to see them play Chicago State. Chico. Chico. <clears throat> and then uh, we'll move on from there because then it's conference season and all, all hell break loose. If you're not ready to play, you're going to get humiliated. Speaking of shooting, <clears throat> there were a few bright spots, Michaela Bridge being one of them, like you said, but Tyler Perry hit three three-pointers from – in, in the first 20 minutes of that game, which I don't think he's done all year long. And so he cooled off in the second half. I get that. But, you know, maybe that's the first step to finding more consistency in his game. And then not to mention this game against Chico State, right, Fitz? That's going to be Quez Glover's first game back. Chico. I would maybe describe him as a pass first guard more than anything, but he's certainly capable of playing at the one and the two. Who knows if he gives this team a spark from deep? I'm not saying he will, but it's not going to hurt matters having Quez Glover come back here in a, a few weeks. Next question is from Kevin316. Now that the dust has settled, do you have a more positive outlook of the future of K-State basketball than you did a week ago? Um, no. no, I mean, maybe I feel less, uh, I feel the chances are less that he leaves, but I, uh, don't get upset when I say this. I still think the odds are in favor of Jerome Tang leaving after this year. The underlying root cause of the issue isn't solved. Nothing is solved by ignoring it. Nothing is solved by looking the other way. Nothing is solved by me not mentioning it. Some of you, I don't understand how you even get to your conclusions about stuff. Well, if you would stop talking about it, it wouldn't be there. 
That's not how it works. This is still simmering underneath. It has quieted down because the people on the receiving end of the issue have decided, we, we no, we're going to calm this down. We'll deal with this later. But it's still there. This is still there. And I, I still don't feel good about him sticking around. Call me negative. I hope I'm wrong. Someone said, why do you want him to leave? Uh, people, The way people handle opinions is baffling to me. I said I, on a radio show, I, was 90, I felt 95% chances that he would leave. And someone said, you stated it as a fact. I'm like, how do you state that answer as a fact? And it's an estimate on the chances of something. I mean, it's just clearly a, an opinion. I, I don't know. I still feel like there's work to be done to retain him. And if he stays, it's because of you guys and the students and the campus and the community. It's going to be, can he work with someone that handled something in a manner that he felt was unfair? Or can, does he need to move on? And my fear here is not only will this be a factor, but a school like Louisville might come and say, what do you get, $3 million a year? We'll pay you a six. We'll pay you eight. I mean, it's the money ball thing, too. You mm-hmm. could take away all of the issues that happened over the last three or four weeks, you know, ever since the start of the season, really. You can take all of those issues away. If Jerome Tang is having a good season, it becomes, can K-State afford to keep him? Yeah. That's an interesting I mean, point. Like, the the best if, thing for the future might be a horrific season. <laughs> even True. if even if none of this had happened over the last few weeks, K-State would still be in a serious danger of losing their head coach because they just can't afford him. Nor do they want to pay him. I mean, nor is he worth the value. You know, you can find a, a basketball coach that's going to win you games, you know, anywhere. You, it, it shouldn't be too hard to hire a basketball coach that is going to win you games in Manhattan, Kansas. But the other thing is, K-State hired a guy that has brought more energy to this university, there go. to this city, yep. to this state. Exactly. Then it's the same thing as what they did with Bill Snyder. It has re-energized this university. And I don't know if you can put a dollars and cents value on what he has meant over the last 18 months. You can't. I don't know how you measure that. And what's interesting about this is that is something that Richard Lynn, the Kansas State president, addressed directly to my, my pal Glenn Kinley at last year's NCAA tournament. I think it was in New York. And he spoke of how the transformation in the community and the campus and and the impact he's had on the student body is so important. Uh, and, and here we are. Um, I think I, I want to see victories on the basketball court. I'm having fun covering sports that are winning. And it's good for business. Let's be honest. Bruce Weber was bad for business. I mean, the, the team was inconsistent, and um, my lack of enthusiasm for that type of basketball and the brand being played made people not want to subscribe to our business. Because, folks, I, I don't say things to generate controversy. I don't say things uh, to go along, to get along. I say things that I believe. If you can't handle that, this isn't the right place. But what I've really enjoyed is the fact that 
We have really, really good people leading athletics. Outstanding people, Gene Taylor on down. And that's why my job's good now. I don't want to deal with shit like we just went through. I don't. I want to just hum along and enjoy work. Covering sports, not news. And here we are. It's, but I also don't back down from a fight. So there's there's parts of me that probably aren't smart about how I do things, but they're me. Last question of the podcast. Hang, hang on, Zach. Oh, I you got, got a couple got things. Yeah. Okay. So you, Zach, you were talking about the money aspect, and I know it's kind of apples and oranges here, but with Colin Klein, I know he's chasing something greater and he's trying to move up, but there was zero issues or bad blood or anything going on with him and he's gone. So with Jerome Tang, there are issues and there's also money that's being involved. So. Right. I mean, my point was, no, I, even, I, I'm yeah. agreeing with okay, you. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and it backs up fits as well. 95%. Could that be off by a little bit? Sure. But there's a, a real threat that he could be gone with the, the question here with the dust being settled. Richard Linton's name was not included in the, you know, on behalf of Richard Linton, we welcome you to Kansas State University. If this issue was settled, Linton's name would be included there, right? I mean, this issue was not settled at all. If, if, if things were fine and normal, his name would be included. I just think, right? We, we kind of came to this conclusion on the insiders. Okay. Didn't stop doing it. Just, I've never heard another PA announcer thank everyone for attending the game. Based because of the university president, it's just not something I hear typically on road games. Do you? Uh, to be honest, I don't pay attention. Right. I I couldn't. It's, I could. And and I couldn't name another university president right now in the Big Twelve. That's true. Here's the thing: is that's been part of the pregame tradition for as long as I remember. And either end it or don't skip it. Okay, so say from this day forward, we're just not going to do that anymore. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But by skipping it, you kind of send a message like, okay, well, we need to calm this down. But I don't think that's really what it was about. I think it was about, I don't want to hear the booze. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to hear Naquan Tomlin's chance. Yeah, um, but I, I just say. Set it aside now and stop doing it. If they bring it back in two weeks, then I'm going to be mad. But I think people are still going to boo. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> that you, oh, you didn't want us to boo two weeks ago? Now you've decided that we're going to boo now. Folks, this isn't solved. This isn't it, – it's solved in the, in, in the fact that Naquan Tomlin is gone. He's had another program. That part of the story has moved on until he files a lawsuit. Um. And I, th I'm sorry. I think that's going to come at some point. But yeah, I mean, the underlying issue here wasn't Naquan Tomlin. It was how this was handled. And I, I don't know if you're going to pass judgment on on a student or a coach or an employee and have them removed. Sit down and talk to them. Have a conversation. I think it's the right way to do it. Last question of the podcast from Mid Team BB is women's basketball criminally underappreciated given their record? And if so, what can be done? I still can't figure out the rankings. What are they right now? They're 12. 12? 
I mean, they have one loss to, I don't even know what Iowa's ranked right now. Probably higher than 12. Oh, much higher. They're top five, probably. And they've got a win over that same team. Why this team isn't shadowing Iowa's ranking is a little confusing to me. But maybe they need to get into the Big 12 and start beating some programs that voters understand, Baylor, Texas. Yeah, I think that you look at K-State's non-conference schedule and it just isn't that doesn't move the needle probably for for these. I mean, it's if you look at the men's side of the game, you look at KU, you look at UConn, you look at Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke, all those teams are playing each other in the non-con. Right. And I would assume that there's probably still some of that in the women's game. Your UConn's, your South Carolina's, your Notre Dame's, the Iowa's, Virginia Tech's. Those teams are probably playing each other, you know, at least one kind of marquee game. Yes, K-State has done that with Iowa the last two years. But I think there's probably a bit of a breakthrough that you need to join the the club mm-hmm. of playing these high these high level opponents and getting in, you know, into that national conversation, so to speak. Yes, K-State beat Iowa. Their only loss is also to Iowa. You know, they've proven, at least in that aspect, that they can compete and they should probably be closer to a top five team than a top 15 team. But it's still early. Their non-conference schedule, you know, it hasn't been a challenge to them. I think once, if K-State is four or five and oh in Big 12 play, I think they shoot up pretty quickly. But, you know, I wouldn't be concerned in December right now. You know, it's interesting you you put it that way. Someone asked me, are you going to do a daily delivery on the women? Well, I did earlier. I did after they beat Iowa in Iowa City. I I did one. It didn't play that well, but, you know, maybe there was other things there. Are you chasing the clicks? Yes. Why do you think that's a bad thing? Why do you think giving customers what they want is a bad thing? Now, the implication here is you're just saying and doing stuff to get attention. But no, we do we want engagement with the product? Yes, it's a business. I'll get I'll get back to that. But my exact same train of thought was what Zach pointed out here. The voters are probably waiting to get them into Big 12 play to see them against more consistent competition. By God, I'm doing the same thing with another DD. I thought about doing it after the Oral Roberts game, and I decided not to. I'm like, I have no clue if Oral Roberts women's basketball is worth a damn. I probably should do one on a Aoka, Yoki. I can't say her name. Why can't I, why can't I speak anymore, Zach? Do I have cancer of the tongue? Do I have cancer of the, the, the thoughts? Um, 53 career double doubles is that's insane nuts but yeah we'll we'll get to that we'll do that we'll keep chasing those clicks yeah if k-state women's basketball is good and you guys read it you guys watch it yeah and we are probably do some coverage we're doing more coverage my nephew ethan is out there doing some recaps and opinion pieces and analysis um maybe we take the step of credentialing him we'll see well that's a discussion i need to have with him because right now he's just kind of doing it as a fan but you give that up once you wear that credential so that's going to be something interesting but we do have coverage of women's basketball and volleyball ethan loves them both um and he does that on wabash station for our vip subscribers is that it for the podcast 
Gills, you got anything more to add to any of this? Have you stopped bleeding? This looked like it. I think I have. Yes. There's I can't, like I no, can't see my There's face. no evidence of any sort of okay, spot. Good. You blood out of. I think the most um, emphatic, important thing to come out of this podcast is Ryan Gilbert saying, I can't see my face. That's the end of the podcast. How do you top that? Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.